Hey, and welcome to Filthy Loose. Today we're going to give you a little break from our hour-long conversations and give you a little snippet of what regular conversations are like with us. It's This is our mini-sode. Uh, we're going to just go ahead and spend the next 30 minutes with you just interacting, letting the flow of conversation naturally happen. It's like you're sitting with your friends over coffee or wine or um, <clears throat> insert other things. And... <laughs> We just really want to let you know. Um, we're not your friends. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, we're just projections of what people could be like. And I hope you enjoy. We're uh, human prototypes. <laughs> so exactly. what's up, guys? Watch anything good? Ah! Oh, um, yeah. We watched uh, the house that Jack built the other day, and it was horribly disturbing and if anybody really wants to watch that i would cautious away from it maybe don't (laughs) i mean it's it's just watching a guy like grotesquely killing people and then having a pretentious conversation about how like he's art and what he's creating is art like it's it's like a play on um it's like the ted bundy files mixed with dante's inferno because it has Virgil. <laughs> it has Virgil, and they're walking through, like, the nine, like, um... Stages, stages of, of hell. Does anyone get their there's... penis eaten by snakes? Not that I'm aware of. Because that happens, I think, in Dante's Inferno. Well, you don't get to see the hell part so much. You get to see what he did when he was alive. But, dude. Oh, well, that's not interesting. I want to see the hell part. It's like what he do- did... What he done did. What he <laughs> did to, um, like prompt him going to hell and then it, he's like i'm gonna tell my tale in five tile and uh, five little things and then the last one is epilogue where it kind of just like shows him going through hell a little bit but it's very artsy it's very much like an art student pretentious level um and i know that the the, the director was actually banned from a lot of art film like the where they show lots of films at once art festivals film screenings yeah um, festivals, yeah they um they actually had to unban him from one of the like really main ones like Sundance Kane 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 oh I think. Can. there you go and they had to unban him to allow his film to be um, shown and then when they showed it apparently it was a ten minute standing ovation wow which Wait, I would what not film was this the one the the, the one we just the watched house yeah the house that Jack built that I was reading a little bit about its Wikipedia and stuff like that but I was like why would anyone <laughs> <laughs> want to have a 10 minute standing ovation about this movie I was extremely disturbed by it and I, there was a lot of times when I got up and screamed within two inches of the of the screen <laughs> I put, went up to the oh, TV I love when something gets that out of me and I was just like this is fucking bullshit he's like I was like he's stupid he thinks he's so fucking smart and he's not and I'm mm. just like mm. and like that's the thing it's it's the I'm into disturbing stuff. Of course, I've seen, like, disturbing, like, slaughters and that kind of stuff. And he's just very cruel, which is all for the shock factor of the film. But the thing that's just so irritating about it is he talks so highly of himself. Like, he's aware of what he's doing and what he's doing is wrong. And he's, like, technically a bad guy. But he also thinks he's divine and God is aside him with this because you need, like, the brutal shit, like, the grotesque, like, villains in order to make the innocent peer and, like, Art. So that's a delusion of grandeur. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, it was a reoccurring thing where he was like, you need the, the dark to see the light. And Virgil was like, no, because you can have art that's about love and sweetness and you don't need any dark to portray it. I mean, it was very much intentional that like um, the director was trying to call people who think like this the very... Um, scum of the earth. The scum of the earth. But like <laughs> the very like narcissistic, like um, sociopathic, like you know, serial killers that have been around, like Ted Bundy, uh, they're calling them out for their delusions of grandeur and, like, basically their pretentiousness. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I just had to come right down. <laughs> I thought you were offended. And you were like, excuse uh, me, Ted Bundy was a great... <laughs> excuse me. No. It's like, don't you know that that is my future husband? <laughs> people actually idolize the people. I mean, it's it's really sad how people do that, but I can understand how if you have, like, there's got to be, like, actually something going on in the brain waves that makes you go, you know what? This one. Yeah, I'll go with the serial killer. Serial killer <laughs> on aisle nine, please. Can I have one of those? Thank you. <laughs> it's like an anti-hero kind of thing, but it's it's there's no hero about it. It's just all anti. You know, it's... <laughs> Some people are just surprisingly stupid, and <laughs> some people have delusions of gra- grandeur as a result of mental illness, and some people just are evil. And sometimes, in my opinion, those three things can look really similar, and it's hard to know. Like, do you need help, or are you just the scum of the earth? Or should I, like, is it okay to make movies about people like that? Do, do, does someone need to help him? Or, think, like, are they exploiting him? Or is he just the worst and, you know, he knows what he's getting into? He is the worst. Um, But if it was written that way. And I think a lot of the times with movies like that, a lot of it is so that way you can, you know, kind of just be like, what would I do in that situation? That's one of the reasons why we, as a race, tell scary stories. Um, we, we, we do scary movies. Like, one of the main things about it is that we're trying to say, hey this is a possibility and what am I going to do once that happens? Like, where am I going to go? How am I going to react? And it's just like your, your brain, like just like how most people with anxiety usually do better in crisis situations. Cause they've already spent most of their life, like telling what is the worst thing that can happen over and over in their brain. Wait, so you're saying this is a scary movie whose main character, fictional character has all these attributes and is describing to the camera what he's done. He's having a conversation with Virgil, basically, and telling Virgil what he's done. And he's only describing five incidents of, like, his Okay, now I feel dumb because somewhere I got lost and thought that this was, like, one of those Ted Bundy things where they interview someone and then they had, like, taken artistic liberties and, like, shown it. Oh, okay. I mean, mean, it's not... That's, it's not that you got lost along the way. It's that I, I did say Ted Bundy. And I was just like, I was saying it was like a hodgepodge of Ted Bundy and Dante's Inferno. Kind of like. Yeah, I, I just got lost in the sauce, man. The sauce is, <laughs> is thick. It's a thick sauce. It it's can like be gravy. Yeah. I, I honestly was just thinking that you were going to say something along the lines of like, no, nah, we don't need scary movies to plan things in advance. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Don't make me argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> like my whole life I've been watching scary movies. So whenever it happens to me, I'm prepared and I'm not having sex in the woods. Because that, that's, oh, how you, oh, that's how I you die. Like, I watch a scary movie and then I take... <laughs> 
a break and take a vow of celibacy for a short period of time. Um, just because I'm not sure, you know, anyone who has sex in a scary movie ends up dying, so I, like, don't want to put myself in that situation, you know? Well, true. Abstinence. In Makes order the heart grow fonder. Ugh. <laughs> what a nice... What a nice, um transition there abstinence makes the heart grow fonder you guys this podcast if you want love keep it in your pants this podcast 100 percent endorses abstinence and nothing else <laughs> this podcast 100 percent endorses uh sex ed and uh safe sex and sexiness yeah fucking fuck abstinence <laughs> right <laughs> wait literally what? literally it I does mean, not work it um, doesn't i work. have bad news Spe- it doesn't work speaking from experience <laughs> Uh, you're better off learning right. how to be a good sexually active person than to pretend like it's not going to happen. One of the things my dad used to tell me all the time growing up, he's like, I'm not going to be one of those parents that covers their eyes and screams, la, 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 my daughter is <laughs> not having sex. And I was just like, at the time, I was like, thank fucking God. <laughs> Somebody, no, real. I was like, at the time, I was like, I'm not having sex. So this is a little uncomfortable for me. But once I started having sex, I was like, oh, thank God, my dad is one of those people who's not going to, like, I don't have to pretend like I don't have sex. I can just be myself. Yeah. And it's just like, if you pretend it doesn't happen, then you're not giving people proper education, like, what to do and how to do it safely when it does happen. And that's the entire flaw of the celibacy type shit. Right. I mean, this is a... We're talking about abstinence-only sex ed. We're not talking about, like, monks. Um, and this is such a tangent, but I'm so loving it. Can we just ride this for another sec? I'm not gonna lie, um, like, there's a lot of creepy factor to the fact that, you know, (gasps) as a whole, we try to, um, like, cherub and angelify our children to the point where we're like, no, they don't grow up to become having sex. Only us adults have sex. And let's just pretend and push on this idea onto our children that no, 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 no. Sex is not a thing that you can do. Even mm-hmm. though most people would admit that their first sexual acts were within high school or... or middle school. So I know a lot of people who the very first time they had mm-hmm. sex was in middle school. Wow. That blows my little sheltered mind. <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, I know that people do. When you say middle school, what age range are you referring to? 13. 13, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So my school was set up kind of weird. So we had like elementary, intermediate, junior high, high school. So it was like through four, and then five and six, and then seven and eight. And then we had so many students that the ninth grade actually had its own separate campus, and then there was 10 through 12. So I'm not really sure what middle school refers to, but when I say intermediate school, no one knows what I'm talking about. That's interesting right? that that year school was set up that way. I have never heard of a school set up like that yeah. ever in my life. I have. And, and we were the 5A high school, like just ton kids i i have it's like usually in places like kind of like smaller uh cities or towns suburbs baby. where like yeah the suburbs where like there's everyone goes to the same school basically and they can't have the entire student population um it, i don't know it's but considering what a great school i went to how much funding we had what great staff we had what great programs we had available it is astonishing the sex ed that i got so I can tell a story about uh, the creep factor of this. Let's see. I'm I'm from a suburb of Houston. It's pretty like a white affluent area. Everyone from Houston now knows where I'm from. <laughs> um, and Brownsville. <laughs> I'm from Kentucky. And <laughs> oh 
Uh, Houston, Kentucky. Look it up. Oh, my God. So, um, my experience in my hometown of sex ed was when we were in, I think, fourth grade. Um, They pulled all the girls aside during recess one day and made us watch a video about periods. And it was, like, something they had, like, warned us about in advance. And they, like, didn't tell the boys what was going on. And they were just having recess, like, I wonder what's going on in there. And they were like, nothing, nothing. And we're, like, getting traumatized watching this awkward, awkward video. Like, all my friends have had their periods. And I haven't. Oh, I'm not a woman yet. <laughs> oh, God. And they, you I had to, like, sign video. a permission I slip. And some one. people elected to bring their moms. It was really weird. I don't know why, as a mother, you'd be like, I want to make sure my daughter's getting this. Uh, like, I'm going to watch them watch this video. Yeah. Whereas, I beat up those moms. My, like, my mom had, like, sh- she was very approachable when I asked her direct questions about sex. She would give me honest answers. And it it was weird in our dynamic that we have. But, like, I still felt like I could ask if I needed to. And so, she, like, supplemented that little video. I'm... <laughs> I'm sure every kid came home with questions, but uh, I kind of find it surprising now that that is the first time I heard about periods. Like, she never talked to me about it until they had that thing at school. So I find that interesting, but I'm on a, I'm on a tangent, sorry. No, you're um, fine, you're fine. Uh, I think it's extremely creepy, especially here in Texas, that you're like, the first time you hear about it, like the first time I heard about it was that weird video in second, but for me it was in second grade. Cause, wow. Uh, and that was because at the time I was actually going to school in New Mexico and New Mexico introduces it early. You get the first video in the second grade, mm-hmm. then you get a, a secondary video later on and then another one and then another one. It slowly teaches you over time, like what you need to know at the time. Oh, you mean like education should be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then um, the next year I was in Texas, and then I didn't see another informational video about periods until fifth grade. Man. So like in New Mexico, um, we had our video in the second grade. Sorry, my little water bottle noise. I'll change that. Slurp. <laughs> <laughs> making more noise. Sorry, guys. I just love it every single time. A little ASMR channel for you. We are many things. We're teaching you about sex right now, so listen up. Sexual ASMR. All you second graders out there that don't know you have periods yet, Sam's going to explain to you what they are. Oh, God. Dear God, no second graders be listening to this podcast. If you are in second grade and you're listening to this, um... Get your Hit parents. pause and hand this device over to your parents and say, I'm not old enough for this. Honestly. And then they'll be like, why are you listening to this? And then we'll get an angry email that says, why are you putting this out? And I'll be like, don't let your kids right. fucking listen to this. Make them read books instead. Angry parents. That's good for the brain. Complain to us at filthyloose at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> All um. of that to say, um, I think it's really creepy how we um, interact with sex and, you know, the human, the female human body. Yeah. Uh, in, you know, here in the U.S. Oh, man. What's so interesting to me about sex ed is it always talks about the menstrual cycle. And I just don't know what the fuck that has to do with anything. I mean, like, that is a thing that girls and women should be taught. It doesn't need to come up every time you talk about sex. I find that just kind of weird. Like, so after... The informational video that everybody knows. Um, The next time I had any kind of sex ed was in health class in ninth grade. 
we talked about uh, the male reproductive system. I had to learn like what the vas deferens was and stuff and the female reproductive system and like the gist of the menstrual cycle and whatever. And uh, that was about it. And it was questions like on quizzes and stuff like abstinence is the only 100% effective method of birth control would be like the right answer to a question. Yeah. Technically, yes. But it was very like pushing abstinence on us. Um, And then we had a seminar at the end of the year where this guest speaker came, got, since ninth grade was a separate campus, it was every single student on campus in the gym or wherever it was that he did this presentation. And they show the weird talked videos. to us about sex for a little bit um, and then did a slideshow behind him. All the different STIs mm. in full form, you know, mm. Would tell you about chlamydia and then or gonorrhea and then make sure you knew what the worst documented case of it looked like. Uh, we had a similar presentation on drugs. It was like scare tactics, you know, meth bugs and shit. Yeah, and he said really weird, th- like he had too much energy and was like too smiley. Where you're like, I don't want to learn anything from this strange man I will never see again. Who apparently like travels around high schools in texas like giving presentations on gonorrhea like i don't understand I feel why like, you are doing this i feel like that is important to like show yeah some like it's a public health announcement but he had a creepy vibe is what i mean i like, just think it's so weird because whenever you're talking about like things such as sex especially in school they tend to talk about the consequences more than anything else or even how to avoid the consequences other than abstinence they talk about the consequences which is important to know but like we need all like the layers to it to a degree you know yeah i didn't i um i didn't get a traditional health class Mm. in high school because i went to a um what do you call them a magnet school, mm. and my magnet school was for uh, medical medical health services. It went. It was for health services, and because of that, like, we had a ongoing four years of basically like anatomy and physiology, where mm. we just constantly were learning about the human body, mm-hmm. constantly learning about biology of the human body, um, disease, just like a constant sl- uh, flow of information. So my information was much more all-inclusive, and I learned preventative measures, different variations of birth control, because that affects kind of medications you're allowed to take, and that can also affect how your mood is, and it's just like a lot, it was a very inclusive, like overall, the whole basis was to learn. In math class, we'd learned how to do uh, millimeter and... um, like conversions and stuff they they really integrated health services and the sciences behind it into every single thing we did we like our english classes we talked about you know essays medical essays and things like that we were just like it was all inclusive like they really wanted us to see that you know the health service industry there's all different forms of it and you know just because you're not a doctor or you're not a nurse like you can, there's all these other areas that, that you can work with it. And because of that, I learned so much information about sex and 
the human body. And I learned constantly like this and that and this. And I had friends who were in the main campus because we were off to the side. We had our own building. I had friends in the main campus who did take regular um, health class and they were just like, oh yeah, we watched a video and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I just had this overwhelming amount of friends were coming coming to ask me if, like, how how things work, how they can get condoms, how do they get plan B and things like that. Wow. And getting information, I was like, dude, why aren't you learning this in health? And they're like, dude, they didn't teach us about condoms in, in health. They didn't teach us about, you know, how birth control works. Um, and they didn't teach them any of that stuff. Like, it's up to your parents, quote unquote, at that point. But the very strong Catholic community that I grew up in, like you do not talk about sex with your parents. You don't talk about birth control to your parents. You don't talk about anything like that. And that's why there was an overwhelming amount of young women who were pregnant and getting married in high school. Damn. That has, that just goes to show how great of an effect it can have on someone's life. Just not to learn about how it works and how to be safe and smart. And also like, good consent and like healthy practices around sex we don't talk about any of that i'm not sure i knew how to put a condom on until i was in college i'm not i'm not sure if they taught us that in health class but i remember them like doing a presentation of it in college at that stupid class that every freshman has to take no before before classes start they're like this is how you put on a condom this is where you can find condoms. This is what birth control is. And then this they give you a whole bunch of free ones. <laughs> and they're like, if you need any help for anything, go to the health services building. Even if you don't have money, if you don't have anything, just go to them and ask them questions. They're there for you. This is why they're there. It's part of your tuition. You paid for it. Go. This is why sex ed in this country is so broken. Because even there, even at that university... Like, I took a class called The Psychology of Human Sexuality, which, if you really think about it, sounds like a fascinating, fascinating subject. There's so much to unpack there, so many different things to explore. It was filed under psychology classes, and it was a teaching theater class because it was so packed because everyone was like, ah, sex in the name, I want to take the class. You know, it gets people. But uh, it was basically, it was one of the worst classes I've taken in my like five and a half years at that university uh it was basically just like an overview of like health class we learned all about the hormones in the menstrual cycle and what's going on there and we relearned some basic anatomy that no one needs to know and we all know what a penis is right and I think there can be more information on women's genitals. Of course. And we learned so a little people... bit about, like, the kin- the Kinsey scale and, like, uh, the stages of sexual arousal or whatever. But that's it. There was no psychology to that whatsoever. Whatsoever. And it was just so rudimentary. I mean, literally, <laughs> this, this teacher has to have tenure because I don't know how she's still there. But she would just read her bulleted notes to us and repeat each bullet twice to make sure we were just taking down mm. her exact notes instead of actually like explaining concepts. Mm. That drove me crazy. But... I hate regurgitation teaching. Yeah. Like, just tell me what I told you back. Like, that's not... No one learns that way. Yeah. So I had 
like a presentation that's like sex can be great but with the right person at the right time or you'll get sick and pregnant and die <laughs> right like in mean girls it's so, it's so terrifying that like they ter- like i was terrified yeah of sex i thought it was gonna hurt and i was gonna bleed a lot and i was gonna immediately fall in love with whomever i was with and so that's part of the reason that i was like oh i definitely have to wait for marriage who else would i want to go through that with well yeah that sounds absolutely horrendous yeah the uh the culture we have around like teenage sex even though that's the prime time of our biological clocks in our minds that were like sex 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 right. sex it's like um the instead of having an honest and open conversation with anyone in this you know goddamn motherfucking country about sex and like gender and information on like you mm. know orientation yeah it's like let's all put it in a closet and you can figure it out when you pay like fucking $35,000 a year in college. Yeah. And if you don't go, then you. you are stuck in this world of um, constant. I hear porn has a lot of great information. About oh my that. God. <laughs> <laughs> they don't talk about porn at all. At all. I remember in my school, um, the lady who came to do our presentation to tell us about, you know, STIs and unwanted pregnancies and, she was very informative of like the she she showed us the scare tactics like the like don't have sex or you'll die and uh, get pregnant, mm-hmm. but also she was very uh, informative of like hey, consent is important if you do have sex if you don't have any consent you need to make sure you inform someone right away. There was a lot of information yes. like that. Yes, consent they don't cover consent nearly enough. The next year, the very next year, we had a totally different person. And I think it was because she was too prone to be like, Planned Parenthood. Mm. Informa- she gave a lot of good information because, you know, she's not paid by the school district. She's actually part of the public um, health and safety um, situation. And um, I never saw her again. She was pregnant wow. when uh, she was pregnant when it happened. I remember my <laughs> I, she was pregnant when she did it in my ninth grade uh in 10th grade we had a totally different person 11th grade same person 12th grade totally different person i was like they're just as soon as they start getting a little progressive on the teachings they're like ah get out of here Man. how you can't tell them that they can have sex and because you know then they'll do it and then they're not pure anymore christianity i know it's I hate, I mean, I'm sure almost everybody uh, feels uncomfortable. Feels this, well, I won't say almost everybody because that's just not true. I hate how much Christianity affects American politics, particularly here in the South. It's just ridiculous. Like the notion that anyone could try to, that anyone would try to defend abstinence only sex education or just total lack of sex education. By saying that it's not religious is just, it's just bullshit. I it's agree. absolutely rooted in, like, Christian, Christian, I've never said it that way before in my life. I'm struggling here. You're all good, brother. In, 
Christian principles about what sex and marriage and love look like. In my high school, we were not allowed to buy prom or any kind of dance tickets for someone of the same sex. Even if you were just trying to, like, bring one of your friends. Oof. Nope, they had to buy it themselves. Well, you, yeah. Yeah. And it was cheaper if you bought more than one. But too bad. So, uh, some, like, nearby nearby place through, like, an alternative prom for all the gay kids, which I think is really cool. But you couldn't do that. Um, they just taught us the most heteronormative version of sex ed and just sex ed light just as little as they could possibly do and it didn't help that my family went to church and like there's a lot to unpack there it's a lot it's a lot but like they have their fingers in like that, that's, brain. Yeah, that's starting to sound kind of gross since we're talking about sex, but they, <laughs> well, they had such a grip. They have such a grip on it is southern creepy. politics that it's like weird. It's it's yeah. terrifying because it's just like it's, it over encompasses your entire life in that aspect. You have Christian Christianity over overviewing everything you do in your home, everything you do at work, everything you do at school, and we're supposed to have separation of church and state, but everything is just like totally melded together at that point and it's just yeah it shouldn't have any influence over schools or like our legislation but it absolutely does and it just i mean like with that i think we're out of time with this as interesting as it is yeah who didn't know you were gonna have a mini sex episode yeah. um <laughs> that's what we're here for we start talking about all the things that creep us out and we go down many, many, many tangents. But I just want to say to everyone that's listening, thank you so much. We're very grateful. And stay Did you finish? I mean, I, I, I definitely finished. <laughs> was it good for you? Oh, um, it, it was okay. <laughs> I would say okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. all right. We'll take another whack at it on that end then. <laughs> Ooh, whack. Stay creepy, my friends. <laughs> we love you very, very much. Too much. S- say bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.